Welcome to the Sports Finder Podcast. Let's get ready to rumble! Sports Finder community, we're back with our popular segment where we speak to founders and professionals from the world of sports tech. And today we have a very special guest, Mr. Shagul Arshad from Statscom. Shagul, welcome to the show, buddy. How's things? Things are great. I'm a little cold here in Boston, but uh, big shout out to everyone around the world. Do some warmer places. <laughs> we're meant to be warmer in Melbourne, but Monday was like, 30 degrees Celsius. Yesterday was like 10 degrees, freezing, wet, rain, cold. So, um, not snow, but it, it definitely was cold. So, it, we're, we're in interesting times. But anyway, Shigur, take me back to where it all started, buddy. Uh, well, let's see. I guess in a sports career, uh, this is probably pre tech, but in 1994, I I got to spend the whole World Cup um, as the translator for the Italian national team. And I, as a kid who grew up in Florence, Italy, as a Fiorentina fan, uh, I got to confront Roberto Baggio firsthand of why he uh, left us for Juve. But aside from that, we ended up selling Naples along with all the other guys there. I guess the highlight for me was I got to practice with the team. I was a 23-year-old kid. Um, uh, who had a nondescript uh, football career, but next thing you know, I'm basically uh, defending against Brian Baggio, Signori, Gianfranco Zola, and the 94 World Cup team, um, which might explain why we lost on penalties uh, that year, because I was also in charge of uh, taking the penalties against the goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, there's they, some huge names. I mean, You've, you certainly were very lucky to mix with them very, very early on because they went on to actually become legends. Definitely. Um, you know, I, I then focused a lot on the tech career that, that spanned places like Amazon, eBay, uh, the Time Warner, the couple of startups. Uh, and it just so happened in 2011 that uh, Jim Pilata um, purchased AS Roma along with a group of investors to the Boston-based investor. And we're looking for a guy who had had experience in social media and e-commerce, um, digital media marketing, um, all of which I built up 15 years or so, or 10 years of doing. Um, but also he spoke Italian and liked soccer. So I guess I checked uh, all the boxes and uh, I spent three years as the head of digital at AS Roma. I was uh, responsible for launching all the social media as well as the first e-commerce platform for Roma, we launched a new website, and I credit quite a bit to the ownership, but also to, you know, a couple of legends we had there, Francisco Pozzi and Daniela De Rossi, who really helped us uh, tremendously in getting a lot of those numbers rolling. Uh, and then I, when I handed it off to uh, my successor, Paul Rogers, he also had the, the nice fortune of getting Mohamed Salah over there, um, which basically you know, took every number and exponentially grew it uh, almost single-handedly. <laughs> wow. 
Interesting. Um, talk, talk to me about Statsbomb, you know, your chief commercial officer there. What's going on with, with, with you guys currently? Yeah, I mean, Statsbomb is a you know, fantastic company. We, we just started the business a couple of years ago. I joined, I was a draft king uh, after a stint at Mondo Bowl in the world of fantasy football, fantasy soccer. Um, and what I was getting that grabbed me about, about uh, Statsbomb was that the other places where I used data, including Roma, uh, DraftKings, and Mondable, there's a lot of complaints from users, but also we could see the complaints about the actual quality of data. Uh, we were using offset uh, data, which kind of you know, later in the space. The company is still the media, right? So it's very good at live products, but not at the depth of data that sometimes is needed. Um, especially by clubs and, and uh, organizations that, that, that need these data. And having grown up after moving to Middle East here in Boston, I could see the baseball and basketball, how their whole sport was transformed by data. Uh, you had the money ball movement, baseball, and basketball, I and mean, literally the sports become a three-point game and uh, a bunch of dunks and tights with the data. But in soccer, um, you know, a lot of the analytics were still based on essentially primitive media company uh, analytics. So StatsBomb is, um, we actually collect all of our own data. So we collect about 40 different leagues, uh, which is a ton of games uh, per week. Um, and, and those games are essentially, we boil down each game to 3,100 events occurring in each game on average. And that includes things that are off-ball movements, uh, carries. We have uh, pressure events. We also map uh, the position of every player on things such as shot. So all this is meant to give clubs a lot more accurate information for preparing a game, uh, preparing opposition, but also to scout cross-border leagues and have data to, to, to be more informed on on the player that you're scouting. Wow, three thousand four hundred events in each game. Yeah. And you've got 40 leagues. Yeah. Whoa. Talk to me about the tech stack. What's, what, what is powering that? Well, we, we use um, computer vision, which is uh, you know, AI uh, technology for the actual data collection piece of it. Um, you know, the actual uh, platform is then built in a whole bunch of different layers. We deliver our data in an XML format. API, um, but the, the data collection process combines AI manual. So we have a team, uh, a very large team um, in Cairo that is studying uh, uh, every game and every movement. Um, I think our motto is, you know, inside every shot, every movement that we've got. We've got folks that are literally using machine uh, learning, but also manually tagging and do a triple verification process on everything to ensure quality. Um, uh, issues that I've mentioned before came out of a lack of quality. Why Cairo? Well, a series of reasons, not the least of which was cost basis, um, as well as just an incredible football passion culture. It's very easy to recruit there. Um, and there's uh, uh, the football mad uh, country and culture and, and our sister company that we acquired um, that set up the business, Arcom FC, um, was basically kind of at the infancy and starting uh, this, this movement. And we've been able to 
help them grow and, and then ultimately absorb um, and control that process. Uh, awesome. You need to bring on uh, Mohammed Salah as your ambassador. <laughs> Hey, we'll get there, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, if, if I was Mohammed Salah, I'd have to next to you right now. <laughs> You'd have, you would have the whole of Egypt lining up outside the offices. <laughs> Insane. Well, uh, you're not wrong. Um, he's definitely a big draw and has helped grow uh, the entire sport. Um, but he's also kind of one of the you know, nicest guys. I, I worked with him a little bit uh, at Roma as well. So I got to, got to know him and, and a lot of his reputation. Very, very nice. Do you, do you have any interesting stats on him that others have, haven't heard? On Salah in particular? Yeah. Uh, I mean... If you were to look at his stats, especially in the last couple of years with Liverpool, I mean, they are, if I say Messi, uh, Messi-like or Mbappe-like, you know, he's probably got the most impressive stat radar along with Saudi Mane in the whole Premier League. Um, you know, everything. I think the interesting thing for him is he's really improved on converting his shots, so his shot quality has improved. Um, but no, I, I think, you know, you can delve into things such as pass completions and uh, the distance of the passes and you know, left foot versus right foot. Um, I could certainly give you a more accurate answer when it's not just sprung on me, you know, 10 seconds to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just a, a mad, mad Liverpool fan, so that's why. Hey, this looks like the year, right? Yeah, well, I, I can't say yes yet. We have to say after Christmas, I'll, I'll Tell you basically. I can tell you that there's some good data sources behind them without uh, saying much further. Well, maybe we'll, we'll talk further after after our podcast. <laughs> um, okay, you have a ton of tech currently uh, rolling your or fueling your current platform. What does the future look like in terms of tech? How do you how do you make things? Further advanced? How do you make things happen faster? How do you think? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that there's there's a whole host of um, uh, barriers to solve just as an industry, especially in the you know the, the big word out there is AI or machine learning. Yeah. Um, and I think that that obviously. <laughs> That's a end, an end point, not a starting point, because the technology today hasn't caught up. Uh, so it's not learning fast enough for you to have uh, accuracy. And accuracy is, is very, very critical in, um, if you're basing your decision, uh, uh, on scouting a player or winning a football game. Um, I think, I think the other kind of big challenge for us in particular is this scalability. Um, so I think, you know, if you think about this is one sport, there's many other sports uh, one can scale into. Um, there's there's kind of different devices and mediums to deliver, as well as products um, that can be you know, all the way down to the consumer level um, or, or all the way up to enterprise level. Um, and then, you know, security is an issue where you, know, you let your you let your data out, and ultimately that's your 
that's your secret thought and, and controlling that that's not uh, being abused and, and, and sent to other organizations um, is a big uh, you know, ongoing issue I think, for a lot of folks in the data industry. Have you had any any cases of rival clubs going after each other's data or have you heard of? Rival clubs going after each other's data, only a little bit. I've heard about some stuff that, you know, as reported in the news, I guess, between Man City and the Liverpool, it's not surprising given the fact that they had two players stuck in practice yesterday. But, uh, you know, I, I would say that in general, um, it's, uh, uh, it's league by league, and there's certain leagues that are very far ahead of others with regards to the consumption of data. Ironically, you know, the, the Major League Soccer, uh, there's a series of clubs that are doing some quite innovative things with data. Um, uh, but, but uh, you know, that's not necessarily reflective of the process of the field. It's a, um, a, a solid uh, kind of use case. And part of that is, you know, we live in an industry or a sports industry in America where data in every sport is, is, is really gaining uh, a massive um, importance and, and this producing results uh, for the clubs in the field. How is such technologies being used in the second tier leagues and lower leagues? Or is it being used at all? Or is it too expensive? Is there a product for them? What's the story with them? Yeah, no, you know, it's interesting, again, in certain countries, like in England, we cover our data covers at the same level of granularity. Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two. So you could be a small uh, League Two team and essentially study an opponent with the same level of detail as, you know, uh, Liverpool could study Man City uh, or Chelsea could study Tottenham. But so there's there's access, of course, budget change drastically, right? So um, part of that is how can you appeal to certain clubs? And, and interestingly, in lower divisions, they typically only scout from a couple different leagues. Uh, part of it is the expense of sending scouts around the world. Um, part of it is comfort and familiarity uh, with folks in those leagues. So, you can you can devise ways to work with with uh, smaller clubs and smaller countries with smaller leagues uh, by kind of limiting the number of leagues that they might support. Interesting. Um, it's definitely. See, what well, I was speaking to a few people a couple of days ago, and I was saying like our minor leagues, our know, second tier leagues, even our youth leagues, their biggest assets is their data. A lot of them, it's not being collected. So, and, yeah. and our youth and our athletes going through these leagues, they're, they're really holding them back from achieving or becoming the best they can possibly become by learning as much as they can about it, right? I mean, that goes hand in hand. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think the other, the other thing to think about is it's sort of the, uh, there's, there's a growing number of countries and leagues to which, Players are being kind of discovered, scouted, brought on board. But there's also one big hindrance in the case of many smaller leagues or minor leagues within big countries, which is video. So if the games aren't broadcast, you know, there's 
probably, and I'm just guessing here, you know, a ton of talent up and down some of the smaller leagues uh, in, in Africa or obviously South America too. But, um, you know, if you don't have the second division, you know, Nigerian or Chilean games uh, on video, you're, it's going to be hard for us to collect the data. So I think as video coverage becomes more and more pervasive, um, you'll see an increase in the amount of data available for smaller leagues. Yeah, but how much does it cost nowadays to actually broadcast something? Not much at all. With Facebook no. Live, YouTube Live, and, you know? Yeah. But so. yet you'd be surprised. I think it's not just, you know, where are the centralized sources of video, uh, corralling and, and gaming those videos plus the data. And I think that, a, a non-practical solution is non-scalable, especially for business our size, is actually putting humans inside stadiums because that doesn't solve anything because a lot of the data has to be gathered off of the video feeds so that we can use the machine learning appropriately. Um, so, so really, you know, access to video as well as the different types of angles that should be available um, is one of the uh, the ways in which we'll grow into into more into more uh, leagues and countries. Awesome. Um, thank you very much. We're going to have to wrap it up due to time. Before we let you go, uh, any last words or where can we find you guys online? Yeah, so we'd love to hear from uh, folks out there, especially you know clubs and leagues. Um, Soccer, football. Um, we also work with gambling companies and media companies. A lot of media companies are looking for deeper data than just a superficial level data that you can find. And we're at SASBOM, so just www.sasbom.com or shoot an email over to sales at sasbom.com. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Shubhalasha from SASBOM, thank you for joining me on the Sports Finder podcast. Thank you for listening to the Sports Finder podcast. We'll catch you on our next episode. Y'all ready for this?